Have you ever felt like fear is just kind of closing in on you or you feel it bubble up? What do you fear? Do you fear loss, loss of job, loss of someone, fear of not good enough, not capable enough, fear of what could happen, what might happen, fear of the unknown? Fear is a part of our everyday life in all kinds of ways. And sometimes it can be good, right? The fear of pain, so I'm not gonna touch the hot stove, to stuff that really, it could actually be more destructive. Fear at times has kept humans alive. But then there's also the side of fear where it kind of destroys, dismisses, becomes highly problematic for us even to live well. And so this sense of fear in our lives and how fear plays a part, there then becomes this conversation of courage of, okay, so if courage is about facing our fears, how do we do it? How do we do it well? Because there's going to be all kinds of fears, whether they are perceived or realized, like we are in the middle of it right now. And so for today, we're going to look at a few passages in Scripture where Jesus is, he starts with a parable, and then he's also talking to the twelve, the apostles, and then he's also in the middle of healing. And so usually all of these are separated out, and we could do that. Uh, they provide these passages of Scripture each on their own, the sections. They provide something useful to us. But today, when we look at them all together, we begin to see this strand running through it of how are we handling fear? How do we understand it? How do we have courage? How can you begin to live well through those fears? Because we've all got them. So for today, we are going to begin in Luke, the 18th chapter, verses 9 through 14. And this, this is a parable, a story that Jesus is going to tell to kind of help people think through, challenge people. Jesus told this parable to certain people who had convinced themselves that they were righteous and who looked on everyone else with disgust. The two people went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed about himself with these words, God, I, I thank you that I'm like everyone else. I'm not like everyone else. Crooks, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I, I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of everything I receive. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He wouldn't even lift his eyes to look toward heaven. Rather, he struck his chest and said, God, show mercy to me, a sinner. I tell you, this person went down to his home justified rather than the Pharisee. All who lift themselves up will be brought low, and those who make themselves low will be lifted up. So this parable, this parable is really entering into this discussion of who do we think we are better than? And the moment we're like, well, I want to be like the tax collector. I don't want to be like the Pharisee. The parable gets us. 
because that's the whole point that all of us at some point struggle with or how are we we like perceive one another and do we ever perceive well I'm better than because of and so Jesus is really challenging them in this language of do you think you're better than it, the disciples are going to argue among themselves about who's greater than the other and so you know it's human nature right it's human nature where we try to differentiate ourselves from others where we're trying to like well at least i've got it together but this parable is about like well actually no we've got to all realize that all of us struggle none of us are perfect none of us are better than anyone else because of whatever fill in the blank but here's another side. Here's something else that it's doing. This parable is also hitting at our fears, our insecurities that we have. And you may be going, okay, I totally see that with the tax collector, right? He's got this insecurity of, I need, I need mercy, I need love. I, help. He's got some insecurities around his worth, around who he is, but so does the Pharisee. The Pharisee's all about like, well, look at me. I want to look so well and how I'm better than because he's got an insecurity about who he is, about how others perceive him, about how others understand him. And so to think about that, that fear of insecurity that all of us have insecurities about who we are, who we want to be, who we don't want to be, who we should be, right? Whether that is something that we've placed upon ourselves or even others have placed upon us. This sense of going, wait a minute, we got to be aware of our fears, of our insecurities. So here Jesus is beginning to raise an awareness amongst those whom he's talking to. The parable, a raising of awareness of that all of us struggle. And you may be going, wait a minute, didn't it end with all who lift themselves up will be brought low and those who make themselves low will be lifted up? And so it almost sounds like, wait a minute, you want us to take a side. Mm. If we all recognize, all of us recognize our insecurities, recognize our fears, recognize how we aren't better than how we all struggle, then all of us need to be lifted up. So here, Jesus is making them, is trying to draw a connection to all of us have these things and we all need God. We all need God encouraging us. We all need God's love. We need God saying, no, you are worthy, my child. You are loved. And when we become aware and real, about our insecurities, we are then able to look to God and say, okay, God, I need some help here. Show me mercy, show me love, show me my worth, show me how to go forward. And so Jesus is at one time challenging, but he's also reassuring and building up. Continuing on in chapter 18, verses 15 through 17. People were bringing babies to Jesus so that he would bless them. When the disciples saw this, they scolded them. Then Jesus called them to him and said, 
Allow the children to come to me. Don't forbid them because God's kingdom belongs to people like these children. I assure you that whoever doesn't welcome God's kingdom like a child will never enter it. All right. So here, here, continuing on, right? He's just told this parable about don't think you're better than. And here people were bringing babies to Jesus so that he would bless them. When the disciples saw this, they scolded them. And it's kind of important to know that you know, in the first century, children are viewed a little bit different than we view them today. Children were seen as they were kind of this security for when in old age. They were also another set of hands to do the work. And babies can't contribute to society. Babies are vulnerable. So Jesus is talking about the vulnerable, about ones that cannot do anything. They cannot work. Their worth is not based upon what they do or do not do, about how they contribute or don't contribute to society. And so here, Jesus is like, whoa, wait a minute. I am for everyone, whether you think they are good enough or not. So he's challenging the disciples. Parable and now this. But this line about allow the children to come to me, don't forbid them because God's kingdom belongs to people like these children. And so it's like, okay, God's kingdom belongs to, God's kingdom belongs to the vulnerable. And what's interesting about when we talk about vulnerability is that vulnerability is actually tied to courage. The courage that we need to face to go through, to have a mindset to face our fears. The researcher and author Brene Brown has written extensively about how the, the basis, the foundation of courage is actually being vulnerable. And she says this in her book, To Brave the Wilderness. She says, the foundation of courage is vulnerability, the ability to navigate uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure, to have courage through our fears takes us to be, make, has us being vulnerable. And we're being vulnerable in ways like, wait a minute, I don't have it all together. It, vulnerability is going, Oh, I'm going to have to take a risk about who I understand I am, about how do I begin to navigate, about asking for help, right? Vulnerability is about being real, about not having it all together, and being willing to ask for help, being willing to look outside of ourselves. Vulnerability is saying, Wait a minute. This is some really scary stuff. Like like this is this is highly problematic. How do I how do I begin to get through it being real like that? And so Jesus is trying to get them to think about this. Okay, how do you how do you be real about it? How do you begin to think about this? How do you begin to be like this child? Continuing on in verses 31 through 34. Jesus took the twelve aside and said, Look, we're going up to Jerusalem and everything written about the human one by the prophets will be accomplished. 
He will be handed over to the Gentiles. He will be ridiculed, mistreated, and spit on. After torturing him, they will kill him. On the third day, he will rise up. But the twelve understood none of these words. The meaning of this message was hidden from them, and they didn't grasp what he was saying. That fear of the unknown, that fear of, wait a minute, I don't understand what's going on. He also, Jesus also articulating probably one of our greatest fears, the, the fear of loss, pain, grief. And so here he's, he's acknowledging that. That stuff is real. That stuff is painful, but he doesn't leave us there. He does not leave us in that, that that kind of fear absolutely has the last word, defines who we are. It's real. It's real. And we know that maybe we're living through some of that pain, some of that grief right now. But that does not get to define our ultimate narrative. That is not the end of our story because that's not the end of Jesus' story. Because, right, he actually says to them, they don't understand it, which can be fearful. He says, on the third day, he will rise up. There is more to life than this pain, this grief. There is more to life than the fear of loss. There's more to it. I will rise up. That sense of life continuing on. That sense of love that cannot die. That, that it keeps growing and infiltrating in ways that maybe aren't totally expected. He is trying to give them hope. He is trying to give them courage for what they are about to face. And if we're thinking about the dictionary definition, the dictionary definition is... Courage is defined as the quality of mind and spirit that enables us to face difficulty, danger, and pain. And so Jesus is encouraging them. He gets it. They don't totally understand it. But he also knows they're going to start reflecting that as they go through these times, as they go through these difficulties, as they feel that pain and loss, that they're going to reflect upon what he said and realize he was trying to encourage them. Trying to show them a different way, trying to give them the courage to, wait a minute, the grief, the pain, the loss, that is not the end of the story. The fear of those things does not have to be all-consuming, for there are glimmers of life that continue on. There are ways that life and love can never die. And so here Jesus is trying to encourage the disciples, the twelve, us. Continuing on in verses 35 through 39. So we're going back into a parable, or we're going into the healing story. So we started with the parable, and now we're trans transitioning into the healing story. As Jesus came to Jericho, a certain blind man was sitting beside the road begging. When the man heard the crowd passing by, he asked, what was happening? They told him, Jesus the Nazarene is passing by. The blind man shouted, Jesus, son of David, show me mercy. Those leading the procession scolded him, telling him to be quiet. But he shouted even louder, son of David, show me mercy. All right, think about this for a minute. 
here's a guy who is suffering. He's in pain. And he is willing. He has the courage. He has the courage to shout out, Jesus, son of David, show me mercy. He's being vocal about he needs help. All right, he's being vulnerable. He's got this courage that's, that's bubbling up in him to take this initiative, to take this action, to call out for help. And lo and behold, if those not leading the procession are like, hey, shh, no, stop, you got to be quiet. Like, don't bother him. They scolded him. The procession scolded him, telling him to be quiet. Roadblocks. These are roadblocks. So even as we are maybe struggling with, okay, so I've got to be clear about, I've got to get aware, acknowledge my insecurities. I'm going to have to be vulnerable about asking for help. I'm going to have to be vulnerable so that I have courage to face, to go through these fears. Here, we see the roadblock coming up. And roadblocks are all about like, right? They're diverting us. They're kind of trying to dismiss us. They're trying to draw us back and just sit in the fear to sit down and take a seat. And here, here we see the guy. He's like, oh, nope, uh-uh, roadblock. Here is an absolute roadblock. And so how do we begin to face it? How do we begin to face those roadblocks that kind of want to detract us, want to keep us simmering in the fear instead of go moving through it with courage? And so we see the guy taking that initiative, taking that step, taking that risk. He's got to be vulnerable to take the risk of going forward. And here we get to see Jesus' response to that. Verses 40 through 43. Jesus stopped and called for the man to be brought to him. When he was present, Jesus asked, What do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, I want to see. Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. At once he was able to see and he began to follow Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they praised God too. Jesus listened. He was paying attention. Jesus was fully present. And he listens to the guy. He treats him with love that the guy has worth, right? The others tried to silence him and tried to throw up these roadblocks. And here Jesus is like, okay, what's up? Let, let's go. Let's, let's talk about this. How can I help? And so to think about that, in terms of how do we have courage? We have courage when others come alongside us. When Jesus comes alongside us and goes, no, I got it, I heard them, yeah. Um, but what do you need? Let me listen. Let me be fully present for you. Let me show you love in the way that I am with you and that maybe I can help, maybe I can heal. And Jesus even then goes on to say, he acknowledges the guy's courage. He acknowledges it when he says, your faith has healed you. Not, 
Hey, I healed you. I hope everything's good now. No, instead your faith has healed you. And we often think of faith as belief or certainty, but faith is really this confidence this confidence that God is going with us, a confidence that there's a different way of living and being in the world, that life can continue on, a confidence that God's love really is present, a confidence that we really have worth as God's children. And so here, Jesus is reminding him and pointing out his courage. And so in this moment, this moment, when we are facing our fears, who do we ask to come alongside us? Who do we ask for help? And on the other side, how are we becoming aware? As we are aware of our fears, how do we become aware of other people's fears? How do we become the one that encourages, the one that says, I'm here, let me, let me listen, let me help. So here, we get both sides. We get that sense of we are not alone in this. This is not we suffer in silence. That to have courage through our fears is not like pulling ourselves up by the bootstraps or I have to figure it out all alone or I can't talk to anybody. I just I have to have a stiff upper lip. I have to look like I've got it all together. No, no, no. Here, Jesus is making it very, very clear that we are to come alongside one another, that as we have our fears, that as we try to have the courage to face our fears, to go through it, to be vulnerable in it, to be totally real about our insecurities in life, about what they are, of who do we invite alongside us to go this path, and who are we walking alongside as others struggle just as we do, that we are not alone in facing our fears, that we are not alone in our insecurities, in how we are like, I don't know where the hope is. How is the, on the third day going to rise up? How do we begin to think about that, to be that for one another, that be that encouragement so that no one has to face their fears alone. So for you today, as you're thinking about all the fears that you may have, and maybe your list is long, maybe you're struggling with very particular ones right now, maybe they are the perceived fears, or maybe they are, you are living it. How are you navigating? How are you being real about those insecurities? Where are you looking for some hope of a way forward? Who are you asking to come alongside? What is the vulnerability, the risk that you're taking? How do you ask for help today? Because all of us, all of us have fears. All of us need someone alongside one another. All of us need encouragement. And so how will we allow these words of Jesus today to do that? to help us take those first steps to say, okay, all right, here we go. We are move. I am going to move through instead of simmering in it, being taken down, thinking that that's the last word. That's kind of the ultimate. And instead seeing how Jesus keeps calling to us, challenging us, affirming us, 
and giving us a way forward through our fears with a mind and spirit of courage? How will we allow the story, these stories of Jesus to encourage us today? Amen.